0: Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message.
1: Start by introducing the work that we've been doing um, for 30 years. (laughs) We've been working in uh, West Africa with a group that's uh, unreached, there's like .001% following Jesus, they're, the religion they follow is very much opposed to uh, Christianity. Um, they're not militant, but if, if their family member converts, it's definitely very difficult. Um, they have a unique situation in that they created their own alphabet. Um, there's about four million of them, but probably among the people 30% are able to actually read. And so when, when you're working on a Bible translation, your goal is that they'll be able to read it. <laughs> and so um, we found that as uh, books of the Bible came out, we published them as they were done. And as Christian materials were available, it was just sitting right where um, missionaries, just their contacts. It wasn't getting out to the broader area that these people are reaching. And so we came up with the idea of doing libraries. Now, they're not a Christian reading room because then that would be rejected, but it's a true library. Anything that's written in their language, and they have had some people that have been writing all kinds of books, translating history, science into their language. So we have taken all the books and then presented them to communities. And it's a slow process um, working through all that, but we have 15 libraries started, and in three of those, 16. 16 now? Oh, that's right. We just had a brand new one. <laughs> and I, I'm here
0: to correct her. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs>
0: Make sure everything's all on the up and up.
1: Yeah. So 16 libraries, and. In that process, they have reading groups and they'll sit down and they'll read a book and they'll discuss. Well, in one of those, sort of our trial library that we started many years ago, uh, their whole reading group has chosen to follow Jesus, even if they get opposition from their community. But because they're together, then they have support and encouragement. And they said, you know, we just don't know we just don't know who Jesus is. We've heard different things from our religious leaders and when we read the Bible, we find out who Jesus really is. So in another village, a man read Luke and then he called a, a, a pastor that he knew in the main city and he said, hey, I'm ready to follow Jesus just from reading Luke. So, but they say we didn't know and so our goal is in every county seat to get one of these libraries started. And so that's what we've been working on. As we're based in the states, because we're on remote assignment, that means our parents need help. We can't live over there while we're helping them. So Joe takes trips back every couple months to encourage people. And we have some great volunteers who are seeing this work move forward. So God's God's at work. Sometimes we say, you know, we had to come back home, and then God just opened the doors. He's working behind our back, So, <laughs> And if you'd like to pray for our work or learn more, we have a display out there and a sign-up sheet. We'd love to have you praying along with us. Oh,
0: man. Oh, I told you i forget. There we go. How's that? Now we have our little microphone test. All right. Um, I uh, found out about you guys you Roseburg First Christian Churchians and as I was listening a couple of years ago to Daniel, uh, Pastor Daniel talk about you and I, I'm seeing you all together for the first time I didn't know you but you guys made me cry I know, (laughs) but it wasn't a bad thing. You guys made me cry because it was a good thing. Because when Pastor Daniel talks behind your back, (laughs) he told us how you loved him. And then it was evident that he loves you guys back. And so when he talks behind your back, it made me cry because it kind of reminded me about what we're supposed to do. So thank you guys for being a community of Christ followers loving each other. And uh, I feel like I'm right at home. (laughs) So anyway, I had to tell you that. The other thing I had to tell you that I wasn't planning on tell you, telling you is look at that window right there. You can't see that window because you sit way too back far, too much farther back there. You can't see the window. But when you get a chance, you can move right now and look at the window if you want so you know what I'm talking about. You know, if you, everybody's laughing. You're not going to move. Okay. So, <laughs> this window is beautiful. It, it, so for, for those of you in the back, it has Jesus standing right there. There's a globe right there with all the continents. And and there's, there's, there's a hut with palm trees on one corner of the globe. There's, there's igloos on another side. There are some buildings that kind of look like it's from Asia, Middle Easty kind of buildings. And then there's some high-rise city buildings on the fourth corner. Jesus, really big, and the globe behind him, and he's standing like this. Wow! That's why you have one great month of missions. Isn't that window? Isn't that what we're talking about here? Jesus ruling the world? Yeah, here, here, that's right. And so, great, great window. So, whatever I say, before you leave, come back here and see this window and don't forget it. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's see. Corey Lemke, I know him. Good man. He's one of my my buddies uh, when we go to conferences. I like him. A couple weeks ago, he told you to share Jesus with people. That's true, and that was right. I hope you do. All right. And then Donna Stroop was here last week. Was that right? And what did she tell you? <laughs> she, did she tell you what's on this window here to share Jesus with people all over the world? Well, my goodness, I guess you know what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> uh, little different inference, uh, uh, emphasis. So you already know the theme. To the ends of the earth. That's the theme. We are again going to consider what it means, because it's that important, and we're going to consider how it relates to us. Now by the time we close this, I see the clock there, don't worry about that. By the time we close this, you are going to make a decision Okay, and I pray, my prayer is that your decision will be in conjunction with the power of the Holy Spirit and that the results of your decision will truly reach to the ends of the earth. Okay, in fact, I'm going to pray right now for us. I can do that? All right, go ahead and, and see if you agree in sentiment with my prayer. Go ahead and go with me. Dad, we know that you are the creator without whom nothing and no one matters. That is how unique and great you are. We are nothing without you. We're going to make decisions pretty soon and we want to make sure that those decisions matter, that those decisions are with you and in your spirit. Please help us here and now. This is the way we're going to to worship you. We want you to like it. We want to make decisions in the spirit of your son who exists In your image, he has your nature and yet agreed to be crucified in obedience to you. We want to be obedient children just like that. You exalted him to the highest rank. And we want you to know we agree with that and honor him too. We follow him. And I know you're, you like that. We know that you like that. So help us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and then we have the Bible here. I'm going to Acts chapter 1, where the theme is located. I'm going to read the context around that theme. The apostles were with Jesus after Jesus rose from the dead, right? They saw him. He was dead. He was crucified. He rises from the dead, stays with him 40 extra days, <laughs> all right, hanging around, talking about the kingdom. And then during that, that time, the apostles, uh, when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, <laughs> It's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, <laughs> I wish I had been there. That's not in the Bible, but after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. I wish I had been there. (laughs) Wow. To the very ends of the earth, Jesus said. And at first, it seems like a geographical thing. He He started, he talked about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Geography, right? Well, Yeah, there's geography. Jesus was thinking a little bit about geography, but most of it he was thinking about, well, society. The people in Jerusalem are just like the apostles in culture. They spoke the same language, right? And so it's easy. It's easy for the apostles to speak to people in Jerusalem and Judea. Okay? Now those Samaritans, you know about those Samaritans. They're a little different, aren't they? They they, they can make themselves understood. They can speak the same language, but eh, and they think different things, and just a little bit different. But they still understand each other, right? But then, those people to the ends of the earth. They are really different. <laughs> they are really different. And that work is even harder. Okay? So there's the idea. It's not just geographical. we got to get rid of the idea. Jesus didn't think that the earth was flat. You know, so when we say to the ends of the earth, we're not talking about a flat earth here. You know, that's phenomenological speech. And so you know, we even do that. You know, whenever we talk about a beautiful sunset, all right, we know that the sun doesn't set, the Earth is rotating, and still, even though we know that, we call it a sunset, okay? So, to the ends of the Earth is not so much uh, literally thinking that the Earth is flat or anything like that. We're not talking, Jesus wasn't talking about the shape of the planet. It wasn't just about geography. To be more precise, to the ends of the earth gives us a visual image of the entire planet. The meaning is not so much about the planet itself as it is about the people on it. All kinds of people. All 17,428 ethnic groups on that planet. for it is only people who can believe the apostles' testimony. Right? He says, you'll be my witnesses to the apostles? So, about 800 years ago, St. Francis of Assisi had his famous sermon to the birds. Okay? (laughs) To the birds of the woods, of the forest. And and we're kind of amused that St. Francis of Assisi would have preached to the birds. All right? It's kind of of odd. He's a little... uh, Kind of kooky, a little funny. I have one question. Did any of those birds believe and get baptized? (laughs) I don't think so. Jesus wasn't thinking about the earth, the planet, the, the, the dirt. It is only people who can believe the apostles' testimony. The phrase, to the ends of the earth, is the Bible's poetic way of saying to all nations. Now, I'm going to prove that right now. Check out Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 13, verse 46 and 47. The apostle Paul is—he's uh, in a city called Pisidian Antioch, located in modern-day Turkey. He took an opportunity to announce the good news. Uh, of Jesus in a local synagogue, and then a week later, after he announces the good news, everybody in the city is, show, is showing up at the synagogue, just about everybody, to find out more about the good news, to hear about what Paul's gonna say. And the leaders, the Jewish leaders, were jealous, okay? They're really jealous. And then uh, Paul and Barney, I call him Barney. Um, then Paul and Barney were, were kind of you know, talking back to the Jewish leaders, and they said something like this, this is a, this is a paraphrase, it's not exactly, they said something like, really, you guys? Wow, okay, all right, we had to go to you first, to you Jews, we had to go to you first. But since you prove yourselves unworthy, huh, We're going to go to the Gentiles. That probably didn't uh, make matters better. Stirring things up. We're going to go to the Gentiles, he says. And then, and then, right after that, in uh, chapter uh, 13, he says, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. And then he quotes a verse all the way in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. He says, this is what the Lord has commanded us. And then he's talking about Isaiah 49. That passage in Isaiah is talking to, to, the Lord is talking to the Messiah, Jesus. But that's before Jesus came. And so the Apostle Paul here in Pisidian Antioch said, the Lord commanded us. And then he quotes this, and here's, here's what it says. You can could, you could see it up there. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That's the command. Now, the cool thing about that is Isaiah is kind of a poetic y kind of prophet. And so this phrase right here is kind of a a balance of ideas. So the first part, I have made you a light to the Gentiles. I underline Gentiles. You know what Gentiles are? People who are not Jews. All those other nations. So I've made you a light to the Gentiles. And then the second paragraph here has the other idea. That you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth is the poetic way of saying all the nations of the world. Now that word Gentile right there, that's the same word Jesus used. Well, it's two words actually. It's the same two words Jesus uses when he says go and make disciples of all nations. The exact same word. Now, Jesus back in chapter one, we go back to chapter one. Jesus in chapter one is saying Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is thinking about all those nations, all those ethnic groups. In fact, that word for Gentiles, it's ta ethne. It's it's the word that we get, that we use when we talk about ethnic groups. And so... To the ends of the earth is not geography, but social distance. Not geographical distance, but social distance. So I'm going to talk to you about three different kinds of evangelism. I've gotten these ideas from the late uh, missionary, uh, Ralph Winter. And he has some insight into this passage. Acts 1.8, uh, about to the ends of the earth. And he has some really good insight that I pass on to you. When our Lord says Jerusalem and Judea, he is not merely thinking about geography, he's thinking sociology, uh, so, socially as well. So he knows that the hearers speak the same languages as the apostles. He knows that they um, that they have the same culture, they're Jews, just like the apostles are Jews. And so there is only one major social barrier between them, between the apostles and the rest of the Judeans, and that social barrier is unbelief, unbelief. So how many of you watched the Super Bowl last week? Okay, we got, we got a few people watching the Super Bowl last week. Now that, did you go to someone else's place? You know, kind of again, yeah, yeah, okay. So that place, yeah. So that place that you went to to watch the Super Bowl, uh, that person, that friend, they spoke the same language as you? No. Uh, no? Uh, oh, well, there you go. Well, I'll talk about E2 right after this, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to put you on hold for just an hour. All right, will make it faster. Okay. <laughs> so, so that person speaking the same language as you, that person didn't have to tell you the, the rules of American football, right? Okay, you already knew the rules, so you're kind of the same. Now, if, if later on uh, this year, you tell that person about Jesus, you share the good news for him, just like Corey uh, Lempke uh, said, you will be doing evangelism one, okay? And I have a little picture right here. E1, well, it's right here too for those of you who want to look here. So there's E0 in that little house. That little house is kind of like a church building, right? E0, that actually means people who grew up in the church and they they learned from the discipline and admonition of the Lord right from the beginning. And They didn't cross any barriers, They've grown up with Christian parents. That's wonderful. But at the Super Bowl, those of you who uh, had a friend and you went to the Super Bowl, maybe they're not a believer. Uh, If there's one barrier, the barrier of unbelief, uh, that's just outside the church building within the same culture, okay? And now, that's evangelism one, but now we're going to go to evangelism two. You went to the Super Bowl with people who speak Spanish, so that's people who spoke a different language, a little bit of different culture, but you understood each other, right? Oh, you didn't understand each other. Oh, well, not a word, she says. So evangelism is really going to be hard until one of you learns uh, how to communicate <laughs> to to each other so so we're so now, Samaritans, the, Jesus told them to go to the Samaritans, right? And they spoke a different language, a different dialect than the apostles. Not really a different language. But they, they could make themselves understood. They, they sounded funny to each other. And um, there was some significant social prejudices because of some wars and some religious arguments that they've had between uh, Uh, Judeans, you know, the apostles, and and the Samaritans. And so when our Lord says Samaria, he is thinking about cultural distance between Jews and Samaritans, as well as the barrier of unbelief. And so we have evangelism, one, where there's the barrier of unbelief, but then we have this cultural difference. You know, and that's a little bit harder to evangelize that way, okay? Okay. So when there are two major barriers between Christians and those to whom you want to share the good news, it's called evangelism too. Okay? Back when I was 19 years old, um, I worked at a a Mexican food uh, factory in McMinnville, Oregon. And uh, there was a pretty young uh, gal, this is back before um, I gave my heart to Carol. Okay, so you know. <laughs> but at that Mexican food factory, uh, there is a, a, a Latina, you know, pretty young Latina, same age as my age, and oh my goodness. So I, I decided to uh, ask her to have dinner with me on a date. All right, and she said yes. And so we had agreed to meet together at Sherry's restaurant in McMinnville, right on Highway 99, And, um, and there she was at the right time. This young gal and her little brother and sister and her mom and grandma. Was there, too. <laughs> so there was a cultural misunderstanding, would you say? And uh, so I eventually, before the summer was over, did share uh, the good news of Jesus with her and, and, and figure that out, at least as, as good, as well as I could. But it was more dif- difficult. It was different. Evangelism, two. But now we get to evangelism, three. Our Lord Jesus is alluding to Isaiah's prophecy when he says, to the ends of the earth, he is thinking about all those ethnic groups, just like Isaiah was, just like the Apostle Paul was, who was quoting Isaiah. The Apostle Paul learned it from Jesus, right? He's thinking about all those ethnic groups. We now know there are 17,428 of them on the globe. Evangelism three is when unbelief combines with at least two other barriers. So we, so we have three barriers in all, where, culture, where the cultural distance is great, right? Evangelism three. Okay. Use your mind's eye to imagine, with me, you're in a mud and grass hut, okay? We are in West Africa. You are with me. Do you hear crickets outside? Because it's in the evening, and we always have crickets, all right? If you feel hot and sticky right now, then you are getting into it a little too much, and you might want to back off, okay? So we're sitting in a hut, uh, you, me, and some people in one of the ethnic groups in West Africa, and what I'm doing, you know, what we're doing is checking the Bible translation. We're doing what is called a village check, and so we're going to read a portion of the Bible and we're going to watch their reactions to see if the Bible is saying, the translation is saying, what we mean for it to say. So later on, we're going to find out why they reacted in certain ways. I'm going to talk with some of them, but for now, we're in, in the hut. We're reading. There's a lamp right here. I'm holding the manuscript next to it so that I can see the lamp, and um, and we're in Luke chapter 15, the parable of the prodigal son, or the the two lost, or the parable of the lost sons. Now, when I got to the part where the younger son said to the father, give me my share of the inheritance, all right, all of the people in the hut with us went, eh! That's because they were surprised. When people are surprised in that culture, they go, eh! Because no son would ever do that. No son would ever do that. That's like going up to your your father, and say, hey, fork over the cash now, old man. I can't wait till you die. And then what happens? The father doesn't have the son beaten. He doesn't even scold him. He just hands over the money (laughs) without saying anything. And so everyone said it again, a little bit louder, and you know what they said. Eh! (laughs) So then... I keep going, and uh, uh, the thing that happened next in the story is we got to the part of the story where the son uh, left for a foreign country, okay, and he squandered his wealth in wild living, and so then I heard some people kind of chuckling a little bit, you know, just just a little bit, and I was wondering, is there something wrong with the Bible translation? (laughs) Because they're starting to chuckle a little bit. But I found out later, no, there's nothing wrong with it at all. They know that there are people who, young men who run away and go to the big city and they, you know, sow their wild oats. All right? So then we, we get a little further where there's a famine and the boy gets hungry. All right? And then people start to laugh outright. <laughs> Serves them right, disrespectful boy. All right? And they they start laughing out loud. And I'm going, wow, this is, I've never, we don't laugh when we hear the parable of the prodigal son, do we? We're just used to the story. We're used to the setting that we're in church. You don't laugh at one of Jesus' parables in church. But they were hearing it for the first time. And you and I, we begin realizing that the culture there is different than our culture. And I began learning a little bit more about Jesus. I realized that Jesus, telling that story for the to people for the first time, that he was really winsome. He knew how to bring it to the party. Okay, so people people were enjoying the story. Well, I went on uh, uh, reading the story. Got to the place where the boy lost everything. He couldn't get a job only with a foreigner. And, and, uh, and then uh, the job that he had was feeding pigs, right? During a famine, okay? And in that culture, pigs are just as disgusting as they are to the Jews. So he's, during a famine, feeding pigs. And then they started laughing outright, just slapping their, <laughs> their legs. Are just, they're just laughing having a good time. And then the climax of the whole thing came when I got to the, to the part where the pig stop started looking good to the young man, right? And so, so when I got to that part, there was a guy that was laughing so hard, he fell off the bench, he was on the ground, he was, he was paralyzed with laughter. There was no sound coming out of his mouth. He was just on the ground, you know, like that. And so then I, I move on in, in the story. I get to the part where the, where the young man decides to go back to his father. And then you see, <laughs> what? That is so stupid. You can't, they can't hardly believe it. And then I, when I get to the, the point where the father says to the older brother, we have to be happy and rejoice. Because this brother of yours was lost, and he is now found. He was dead, and he is now alive. You could hear nothing but crickets. They had been laughing so hard, and then you hear nothing but crickets for about a few seconds. And it's because they learned something new that they haven't heard about God. Apparently the Bible translation was working. And so a new category about God, such grace and mercy that they've never heard in the the book that they have in their religion, formed a new category in their minds. And it's in that very same building, uh, a village, by the way, that there is a a group of believers that Carol was talking to you about right now. And the cool thing about that is I got to be the one to bring it to them. But there were three barriers. A religious barrier, a language barrier, and a cultural barrier. That's our work. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.